What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken. Thanks for tuning in. New episodes come out every Friday. Uh, now, I'm not doing the normal spiel because this episode is a little bit different. Number one, uh, we're in person. This is probably the first Game Informer Show in person, I guess since Summer Game Fest, but before that, it was years. Yeah, years since 2019. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Editor-in-Chief Andrew Reiner, welcome. Hello. Uh, and new editor-in-chief, <laughs> Matt Miller, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, so, Ryan, you announced the other day that you are leaving Game Informer after 30 years. Yep. Uh, Miller is going to be taking your place. Miller, you've been here 15? Uh, 18 years, I think, Matt. Oh, God, okay, yeah. even more, geez. We're not as well to say 20. 20. Yeah, <laughs> 18 years, geez, wow. okay. Um, yeah, both of y'all have are very loyal workers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both really, I think, love Game Informer. Um, yeah. And uh, I think we spent a large chunks of our career here because there's something special about, uh, or at least we think there's something special about the place. Yeah, definitely. So I guess we'll start with you, Reiner. Um, mm -hmm. We'll kind of just start with uh, the last week. Uh, you know, your your. Thought process behind the move, obviously, you know, you're onto a cool new adventure that you haven't done before. That's exciting. Uh, but yeah, I'll just give you the floor for a second. Yeah, you know, I always thought I'd be at Game Informer forever. You know, I, I thought, you know, you guys would be burying me someday, you know, <laughs> departing in that the vault. Way. Yeah, you know, putting a, throwing magazines into my coffin, you know, <laughs> as it's getting lowered down instead of where people throw roses. Yeah, you throw yeah, the magazines right. on me. Yeah. Yeah, maybe some consoles. Just load it up in there. Uh, but yeah, I always thought I would be here forever. And then um, I got offered a, a position that I, I just couldn't say no to. And I immediately said yes, right? Like I was like, oh, I should have probably negotiated or something. But it was like one of those just, oh my God, yes, yeah. I want to do this. And then, you know, over the weekend, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm leaving Game Informer and... Uh, but it's time, you know, it's been 28 years I've been doing this and loved every day. It's really felt like five years, maybe, you know, like it's time flies when you're doing this work. You got monthly deadlines, you know, you can look back. I've done 330 issues. We never missed an issue, right? Like yeah. we, we hit every deadline uh, and we put our heart and souls into this, yeah. this work. And um, every day was different and fun and challenging and, uh, I hope my new career is as well. <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah, I'm going to miss the people, you know, just getting to know the staff. Matt and I worked together 18 years. I don't think we ever had, we had some tears, you know, over the years, but I don't think we've ever had a bad day together nope. um, of, of just being professional and liking each other and enjoying the work. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to miss it. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, you had to navigate us through a whole ton of things. Uh, during your tenure as EIC, COVID, um, our government. Like, there's so much stuff that's been thrown at us as employees, and uh, you've just done a remarkable job of being a boss that cares about uh, his employees and puts, you know, mental well-being first. So thank you for that. I'll say that on air. Um, but we'll go to you, Miller. How does it feel to be um, stepping into big shoes? Uh, wild in a single word. I, I think uh, I thought, you know, there were a lot of years that uh, Reiner and I both had Andy McNamara as EIC. Um, and I thought during that time that um, that would always be the case. I thought that Andy would be the person who uh, would sort of be in that, that particular role um, forever. 
And he, you know, ultimately pursued different opportunities. And likewise, once that change happened, when Reiner stepped up into that role, uh, I was like, well, certainly now this is going to be the dynamic that will be yeah. define the rest of my my career at Game Informer of yeah. you know me working. There's not really to, much more much more up you can go. No, exactly. And I would <laughs> you know I think uh, Reiner um, was was so ready to step up into that role, and as you articulated so clearly, did such a great job of helping us navigate some very challenging years, right? Um, uh, and and every company had to to navigate those years, but we were in a situation where uh, there was already a lot of change happening for us, even as COVID kind of came along. Um, and I'm really proud of, um, you know, our the leadership that was part of our team, but also just the team itself during that time, uh, weathering those changes and accepting the difficulties that could come with them um, and getting us to the other side. Um, but when Reiner shared the news with me, I mean, I think I got a, a text from you early on a Monday morning a couple of weeks ago here. It was really early. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it's know. fine. But <laughs> I like woke, <laughs> I woke up and I was like, well, I don't get a text from Reiner this early unless there's something important. <laughs> and so, you know, I hopped into a call with him and he shared his news and I was just, like, you know, kind of astounded because like I said, I thought that was just going to be, this was going to be the way of things for um, forever. Um, maybe I should have been more conscious of the reality that in all things, change is always just around the corner. You know, I think if, there, if there's a, uh, an overall lesson to life uh, that I could impart to anyone, to my children, to people listening to this, it's that. It's that you don't know what's coming next. And this was one of those moments for me where I, this was not a change that I was expecting to have uh, come my way. But at the same time, I think it was one that, like, uh, Reiner has been very uh, generous in his, um, in the way that he has worked with me and with other people who've been in leadership positions at Game Informer in recent years in helping us to step up into different situations and different uh, roles that get us ready for new opportunities. Yeah. Um, and to put that in, in less like uh, wordy terms, I think it means that there's been a lot of times in the last couple of years that if Reiner's had to step away on a business trip or um, gone on vacation or whatever, that I've been able to do a lot of the work that has made me ready to feel very comfortable yeah. now doing the role that I'm going to be doing as EIC. Um, and so it gives me a certain level of confidence, both the time that I've had with Game Informer and also just um, that, that extended period of, of um, uh, seeing how the sausage is made, so to speak, in a leadership position. Um, to, now, to now find myself doing this, there's nothing that I'm, uh, I think there was maybe like one program uh, that you and I had to go over that you and I hadn't done yet. <laughs> yeah. It took all of about 10 minutes for me to, for you to be like, okay, well, this is how you put this into this program and this thing. Yeah. And that was maybe the last thing that we hadn't done together, uh, that I needed to know how to do. Yeah. And a lot of the other things were things that, you know, I already was, was well prepared for. Um, or I hope, I hope that I'm well prepared for. Surprise. No, uh, <laughs> no, like, yeah, Matt was, you know, my, my counsel, for a lot of things, you know, like he was, he was one of the people I would go to and pick his brain on, 
what should we do here and all that. Uh, and uh, yeah, a great partner and yeah, hopefully he's ready to go. I think he is. I think the team's uh, really gonna benefit from his leadership, but I think he's a tremendous person first and foremost, and, uh, uh, but also knows the business, he knows games. Uh, like he said, he knows how the sausage is made. Like uh, just a little inside baseball, it took us like a year to land God of War as a cover. Uh, other times you get it in a day, you know, so you're you got to learn how to do that dance and line up those pieces and yeah. make sure you're picking the right games for the covers. And I think he's ready. Yeah. Uh, anything else, Miller? Yeah. No, I just agreeing with Reiner. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of things about the work, um, that it's not, it's not magic. It's not, um, it's not some crazy level of, uh, things that I know that other people who are participate in games don't know about it's relationships, it's conversations, it's that gradual buildup of connections with people that lets you be able to um, reach out in any given moment to a lot of different places and find opportunities for that are going to be advantageous for um, us as an organization and as an outlet, but also you know, ways that can let developers and publishers and other people connected to games uh, find a place to speak the things that they want to share about, you know. Um, and a lot of that is just gradual, diligent work um, to, to keep those relationships going and, um, and have those conversations and, um, and mixing that with what hopefully is a certain level of expertise and experience that we try to bring of, of uh, interpreting what's coming down the line and knowing what we should point readers towards, right? Like what is the thing that, where should we spend our time? Um, and that's, that's just what I think is a big part of the job and where it will continue to be as I, as I move into a new role. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I don't, I don't want to get into the specifics of, you know, uh, where you're going, Reiner, but you're staying in games. Is that correct? I am very much so. Yeah. I, uh, I'll have, uh, we'll see, you know, what the role is exactly, but a creative hand in, in a lot of different projects, um, and uh, yeah, helping those teams. Hopefully, you know, I hope hope I'm geared for it. You know that uh, it's a different line of work, but I've known games my whole entire adult life. You know, my career has been at Game Informer since I was you know like 19. I think I've been here. Uh, so that's all I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you know maybe I should go work somewhere else for a bit. You know, <laughs> Dow Jones do that stuff for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's. It's all I know, and it's it's what I love. Growing up, I always wanted to make games or comic books, more so comic books than games. Uh, I was an artist, and you know, when I was in college, I realized in my class that I was like the third best artist in the class, and I kind of did that math in my head of like, I'm not going to get a job doing what I really want, right? Like, I don't even know if anybody in this class would go to Marvel Comics and be good enough, right? Like, yeah. it's it's just like you can learn, you can improve, but I was like. I don't think this is going to work. And it, it turns out I lucked out. Um, this is a little bit of story time and I apologize, but I went into a Funko land. My parents wanted me to get a job. I was, I was still at home, you know, 18 years old, 17 years old. I don't remember what it was, but uh, I went, dropped an application off at a Sherman Williams paint in Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And like two doors down was this Funko land place I'd never been to. And I went in there because there was like a, I think it was like a final fantasy poster or something on the window. And I went in and, you know, just immediately on my right saw 
game station setup playing games and then just an endless, not endless, but from those game stations all the way to the back wall was NES cartridges, like boxes. And I was like, this is my place. And, but the Was second, it laid out similarly to like a GameStop? It was, yeah, but with less toys. Sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just all about games then and, you know, zapper guns and all that stuff. But uh, the second I walked in, the store clerk said, I'm in this magazine, something to that effect. And I was like, cool. <laughs> what are you, you know, I was just like kind of taken aback by this and then that. And it was Paul Anderson, uh, you know, rest his soul, just an amazing person. We lost him way too soon, but he had just gotten in the magazines, his first issue with him in, I think it was Bubsy on the cover. And he was just so excited. And he's like, look, and he was like kind of sharing it with me. He had no idea who I was. He and I that day talked for like two hours. I just loitered there, right? Just talking to him. And he's like, you really know games. You should come work with, with Game Informer. I want to introduce you to someone I know named Andy McNamara. Andy wasn't the editor-in-chief at the time. He was an associate editor. I don't remember what his role was. But um, Elizabeth Olson was running the charge. She's still in games doing PR and stuff like that. Um, uh, working with Telltale and stuff like that. But she never got the EIC title, but she kind of was the first editor-in-chief. Uh, but I got to know Andy, and then I got to know Elizabeth, and I just started kind of hanging out with them, right? And and just kind of playing games. And they're like, you know your stuff. You're yeah. good at these games. You're helping us. And and then Andy, uh, Elizabeth departed. Andy became the editor-in-chief, redesigned the magazine, really took the reins and made it just a phenomenal-looking magazine. And... Uh, he gave me a shot, you know, a little bit later. He's like, come on in. None of us knew what we were doing at all. Like, and, and that was, you know, all games journalism to a degree. Yeah. There was, it was the Wild West. We had like ninjas reviewing games and, you know, GamePro. It was just all, you know, people, your review ratings were like exploding heads and, and you're, they were reviewed by cartoon characters. And uh, it was a, a weird place, <laughs> but it was cool. It was weird. But we all grew together. And then like when Next Generation came along, that was where it was like, Whoa, these guys are really good at writing. You know, it was Neil West and um, Trent Ward. You know, they put Bill Gates on their cover and we're like, wow, you know, kind yeah. of like those Game Pro characters. Like, wow, this is wild. Uh, but we learned along the way and kind of the whole industry kind of paved its own path, right? Like the writing back then was terrible. There was no editing. Like we'd send stuff to layout and all of a sudden you get the magazine or the, the film back, back in the day and it'd just be, butchered <laughs> it didn't make any sense it's like oh, they'll get it yeah they see my score on it hopefully i don't even know there's this two means. exploding heads out of five yeah this joke doesn't really make any sense now but you know what whatever you yeah. know I'm, I'm still loving what we're doing here but we we learned along the way and uh yeah no regrets whatsoever it's been the best career possible i'm terrified of making the leap to something new but it feels right. It feels like the right time. And we got great leadership in my place, great video people, great writers. And yeah, I'm ready. Sorry for the long winded. No, I, I appreciate the story and the context that it, it's kind of just so it's like you said, wild that how different it is now. If, if I didn't go into that Funko land at that moment, none of this would have happened. <laughs> None like the butterfly. I, not, like, I, I, in yeah. my head, there's nights where I've sat and thought about it. Like, when his excitement would have worn off, the adrenaline of getting that, like, it was, would have been like, 
five minutes later, 20 minutes later. Yeah, where he wouldn't say anything. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, we got a few listener questions, comments, that kind of thing. We'll kind of go through them, and uh, I think we, I don't know if we'll be able to get through all of them, but a lot of people wanted to write in, obviously, big changes. Um, so let's start with uh, Logan from Discord. Logan says, hey, Reiner, sad to see you go. Uh, also, we're recording this in my apartment lobby's uh, conference room, so apologies, everybody, uh, for the noise. Uh, sad to see you go. I've been following Game Informer since about 2013, and I've been hearing your voice for nearly a decade. I'm a big fan of the show from panel to podcast and was wondering what the future of the show looks like. Congratulations on 30 years of being the president of video games, and I'm excited to see where you go next. Yeah, that title is not going away. I'll still be the president of video <laughs> games. I'll, I'll carry that with me. Uh, you know, Phil Hoff and I, uh, my friend who's doing panel to podcast with me, we're discussing what we can do. I'll learn at my new job if it's possible. We don't know. It's going to go on hiatus yeah. for now. Yeah. Cool. Um, then Tom was like, whoa, congrats, Matt. What on earth could GI be without an Andy at the helm? <laughs> is the magazine going to be NFTs now? No, I'll answer that. Uh, any major changes coming to the podcast? What is the one change you have hoped for the longest amount of time without it happening? And can you make that change happen? Also, can Reiner bug Chris Clue to get him on the show before he leaves? <laughs> Chris Cluey. <laughs> Cluey. Yeah, he's he's one of my fiction writing partners, a dear friend. Uh, he was I was in the Tripping Icarus with him, a band. Is he the the board? Does he come to your board game? Yeah, so we have getaways? a board game we made like seven years ago that we haven't released. We're sitting on. We have two novels that are done that we're going to release here, hopefully very soon. Um, but again, that's all going to be dependent on my new job here. That was a lot of questions for you, Matt. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, know, I, I get know. the gist. I mean, I think um, I will say that I think that there's different. Um, that good leadership calls for recognizing what is called for in a given moment. Uh, if, if I were to have to sum up uh, one important thing I think about leadership roles, it's that. And uh, I think there are times for dramatic changes in direction uh, for an organization or a group of people. Um, and I also think that there are times to um, make sure that things are moving in a positive direction and that you don't do that and you don't change direction suddenly. Yeah. And I think uh, as we look at the immediate term of what Game, Inform Game Informer is doing and can do right now, the important thing to me is for us to maintain what we are best at, right? Um, I like to believe that Game Informer is... Um, is followed and enjoyed by the audience that we have because of the way that we think about games and the way that maybe some of that is is different than the way some other people approach sure. coverage of games. Specifically, a focus on an enthusiasm and an excitement about the about games and about gaming culture. Um, it's a it's a focus on, like I mentioned before, relationships um, and and conversations and interviews and ways to really connect with the people that are part of this industry. Um, and so like those things I think are really important to maintain and for our identity. Um, it's something that I want to have continue in the magazine in the website in the video work we do. Um, and I, I think that 
in the broader video gaming industry, if you go and talk to people um, who work at the big publishers and the big developers, I mean, we've worked with most of those people yeah. at some point. I think you would start to hear some of those same words when they talk about what it's like working with Game Informer. I hope that that would be true, right? That they, they think about us as a team that's got a lot of integrity, a team that um, focuses on quality, um, a team that uh, cares about about games in a way of, of like uh, uh, being just excited about it. Like, what are games for? They're having fun and and enjoying and and it being something that gives us a a departure from the hard parts of life, right? And and I I want to maintain that identity. Um, and so I'm not looking to to somehow come in here and and dramatically make changes because if anything, Ryan and I have spent and and other people on our team certainly has spent the last few years adapting to a new environment and making changes that make us more ready to cover games in a modern way. Yeah. Um, so in some ways, if someone if someone were to say like, well, what big changes do you want to do? I would say, well, we've kind of been doing them. Um, one of the biggest ones, though, that I would point to that's happening as we speak, that just in the last couple of months, you can you could look at the work that we're doing, and you're going to see a lot more of it in the coming months, um, is a focus on trying to bring more voices to the table. Um, uh, we, I think had been very reticent over the years, um, maybe in part during having such a long period of time where we were trying to establish our own identity and be who we were going to be. We were reticent to like move outside of our core sort of staff to, um, to speak to our audience. Um, and I think one of the big shifts that we, we've taken in, in recent months has been to try to open that up a little bit and find folks that we can work with who can write articles and can write reviews and can bring some perspectives to our work that we might not otherwise have. Um, and to do that in a way that we can still be proud of and that we can still feel we have that consistency of voice that Game Informer is known for, all the things that I was articulating before. That takes work. It takes work on our staff side to look at content as it comes in from, let's say, a freelance contributor um, and and make sure that it like that we work with them to make sure that it like lines up with the kinds of ways we want to communicate and that kind of stuff. But I think it's worth doing that work, and it's something that we're in the process of expanding upon that and doing more of that. And I think that that's something that I hope um, readers and viewers can look forward to. Um, is is like the people who are on our staff are certainly still going to be crafting all kinds of content, um, and I'm happy about that but we'll also be having more opportunities to bring some of those other, um, other perspectives into the mix. Awesome. Uh, we'll move on to a comment from Bob Buell. Uh, not a question. Uh, for Miller, I can't wait to see you at the helm. You're gonna rock it. And for Reiner, I've been reading GI since around issue 60, so I wanna send a sincere thank you for all of your hard work over the years. Looking forward to see what the game dev side of things will bring for the president of video games. Nothing but the best for both of you and GI. Um, so that was Bob Buell. Yeah. We got Thank another goodness. question from Rogue Leader 76 on Discord. Whoa! Mm. Uh, yeah. Take out the, the Death Star. Yeah. We've gone through a lot of numbers yeah. in yeah. 76. Exactly. Sorry for your losses. <laughs> Sorry for the loss. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, Reiner, what is one parting piece of advice that you'd like to share with Matt? 
And Matt, what are you most excited about in your new role? So we'll start with you, Reiner. A uh, parting piece of advice is just trust your instincts and you, you, you have it figured out. You know, don't second guess some of those things. Seek counsel if you need to, but you have a good head on your shoulders for what's going on in the industry and, and just, you know, keep being the person you are. Uh, you know, delegate when you need to. And um, yeah, just keep keep kicking ass. Seriously, like let's let's keep going. You know, we just did God of War. Uh, our we next got some issue, awesome stuff coming our up. Our next don't issue we? is great. I'll just I'll tease a little bit. You know, if you have a switch, you're going to be really happy. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, we we do good work there. And just keep keep that going. And um, you know, put my games on your cover. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's your top piece of advice. Yes, yeah. that is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what am I most excited about in the new role? Was that the deal? Yep. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, I really enjoy the opportunity to, um, to let the people on our teams, uh, shape the kind of content that they want to create. Um, I don't know that that's something fundamentally new about uh, what we've done. It's something that I, I know Reiner has encouraged for, for years. And, um, but it's, it's something in the role of stepping up into EIC that, um, as Reiner did before me, that is now on my plate to ensure, right? And it is something that I want to ensure. I, I think the best work that we do is the stuff that our individual team members take ownership over and that they feel like that, that it's, it's something that they can do that they feel proud of and that reflects their love of games and gaming culture. Um, and I'm excited about being able to enable that and encourage it. And of course, over the years that come into the future, bring more people into that fold and give them that opportunity. Um, there's such a broad group of people. I think about this a lot, such a broad group of people that I have worked with and that Reiner has worked with. Um, Across the industry, certainly. I mean, that's a very big group of people. But even the people that are directly like, I worked at Game Informer, um, or I interned at Game Informer, um, like that's a that's this 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 really fascinating web of people at yeah. this point. And I mean that. I I think that like uh, that group of people has spread out both throughout the gaming industry, and some people have gone elsewhere. But um, there's so many of those folks that are really, really great um, talents and really, really smart people and creative and more than anything else, like kind and good people. <laughs> and I love that we, um, we have those connections and, and those, main, those connections have maintained. A lot of the people who used to work at Game Informer, I think viewers and readers out there might be surprised how much everybody is still friends with a lot of the people who we used to be around all yeah. the time and um, and how much those connections maintain. And I'm happy to kind of, can I'm, I'm hopeful that we can continue to foster that, right? That maybe there's somebody at the organization right now uh, who I get to work with for another five years and then they move on to something else. And I, I celebrate that, you know, it's not a bad thing. That's an amazing thing. And maybe there's somebody who isn't yet on our team that five years from now will be and will be like, a major voice that's speaking to people about games. That's what really excites me about the job. Um, that, and as Reiner was articulating earlier, the ability that we have to just 
touch everything in games, right? I love that. I love that we can um, we can look at the entire landscape of games and find projects and people uh, and creative pursuits and then surface them to uh, an audience that maybe wouldn't know about that stuff. Yeah. It's such an incredible opportunity and it's why I've stayed here as long as I, I have and it's something that, you know, in terms of exciting opportunities that I want to take on as an EIC. I want that to continue. Awesome. I got a fun question for both of you yeah. uh, from Dancing Flower. Uh, Reiner and Miller, each of you, if you could go back and redo a review, which one would it be? Now, I'll go ahead and say I wish I could redo my Pokemon Unite review. I would have given that game uh, an 8.01 instead of an 8. <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, that's yeah, we're gonna this. I, 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 I know where Reiner's, I bet I know where Reiner's gonna go with this, and we're gonna get philosophical here in a second. I bet, but I don't think I'd, you know, you, you got to go back to a point in time when you played it and yeah. you, you feel strongly about that. I, I think I could back up all my reviews at that point in time, you know, looking back, like Enter the Matrix, probably not that, but I did like that game more than any Matrix sequel, and that was at the height of. Matrix Mania, so it yeah. was like I thought that was like the second best Matrix thing, except for that little animated short they did, mm, the Flight cool. of the Osiris. I don't remember I what it was called, but um, yeah, maybe that. <laughs> uh, but you know, you look back on it with you know, it's it's a very different thing now than it was you know at the time. What about you? Yeah, I mean, my mine's a variation of that, which is that like, and I I. I want to be clear that I'm not saying this with any sense of ego, but the reality, the real truth is that I wouldn't. There is no review I would go back and change the score on. Um, there are dozens of reviews that people who are watching this will be could go back through and look at and be like, you were way off on that, Matt. <laughs> I, that I understand, but that's not, it, it goes contrary to something that I think about with reviews and critique in general, which is that like, it's about a moment in time. It's about a person who you hopefully is educated, right? Hopefully they know what they're talking about with a given project. We, we try not to give reviews to people who shouldn't be reviewing something, right? And it's then an experience and it's, it's finding a way to articulate that experience and sort of quantify it. Yeah, you've got to put a number on there that matches what your experience is. And there's this, I think there's somewhere, some places out there, there's a popular sentiment that there is some definitive right answer to what a review should be or what a game should have scored. And I guess that makes for fun conversation. It doesn't um, really make sense, though. But it doesn't. Inherently subjective. Scoring, yeah. And game scoring, this is something I don't think a lot of people realize. They'll just see, like, the roundup from yeah. Wario 64 or, or, you know, someone like, here are the scores, 9, 8, 7, you know. But a lot of outlets have different averages. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some use it like us use an academic scale, or I think IGN their average is like five. You mm -hmm. know, like so if you see a seven from IGN and a seven from Game Informer, it's a very it means different things. It's a different thing. But yeah. people don't they just think we're all on a universal. Yeah, yeah. and it's you know, that's where you can kind of say review scores are dumb and you shouldn't score them. But at the same time, it's such a great entry point for like, oh. I will read this review. It's it's a yeah. It's a good a, metric yeah, for measurement. Yeah, it, it's a nice little kind of entry point in. So um, yeah, I, yeah. 
I will, I, I've sometimes had conversations with folks before who I will score something low and they'll come at me and be upset and say like, I loved this game. What's wrong with you? And like, I think those moments for me are about like, you love that game. That is awesome. I love that you love that game. Yeah. There's not like some weird, uh, like I need to prove my point about vendetta. it or vendetta against a game. Absolutely not. If anything, at least for me, when I have a game that I'm forced to give a, a poor score to, it kind of makes me sad because yeah. like, I, you I want what, to like it. You want to like the. It's just like when you go see a performance, right? Like of a play, you want the actors to be successful. You want it to be great. Yeah. And in our case, a lot of times, you know, you know what's involved in putting a game together. You know how hard it is because a lot of our work is talking to those people who make those games. And sometimes it doesn't work. Those developers would be the first to tell you that sometimes they've worked on things and then just, oh, that doesn't pan out. You know, there's a lot of reasons that can happen. It can happen because of poor leadership. It can happen because of circumstances beyond people's control. A publisher makes a decision that that's a bad one. They ran out of time. It was too ambitious. I mean, I could go on, but like, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to make games and it's sad when one doesn't turn out. And if I don't like it, but somebody else found some joy in there and it relieved some, uh, you know, everybody's got hard things to deal with in life. And if you find a game that like for a few hours, you could go depart into another world and have a great time. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't have a, there's nothing wrong with that for me. So anyway, I, I, I don't, I wouldn't go back and change reviews that like I scored lower than a lot of people did, or I scored this other game. Uh, I mean, I used to get crap all the time because I really liked like even in the, in the team and it was always sort of fun for us to talk about. Like I, I loved Assassin's Creed three. I still love Assassin's Creed three. Lots of people hate Assassin's Creed three. That's fine. Yeah. You know, like, I think that that's, those are, they're just things that make uh, um, each individual distinct. The thing that I encourage people to do when they look at a review is, is look at it as an opportunity for engagement and understanding this complex beast that is a video game release. Yeah. One person's going to have one opinion, another person's going to have another, and it just enriches the whole conversation to see those different opinions. One, one bit of advice I'd give writers, and this is something I learned, you know, I, I made mistakes along the way, but let's say you go to a circus and there's a clown and, and he drops a baton as, that he's juggling. Don't write your whole review about, you know, the, <laughs> the baton drop, you know, like, oh, they dropped the ball there. It's like, that clown did a backflip onto a lion. He swallowed a <laughs> hell's worth of fire, you know, like that's amazing stuff. Put all that in there and then, you know, have that... He dropped a baton, but here's what the full picture was of this performance. You know, like, make sure you frame the whole game. Like, yeah. let me get the full picture of what it is. And I think a lot of writers really hammer hard on the the bugs or, down, you know, things that happen in, in these games that aren't what they wanted. And you got to just paint the full picture. Anyway, yeah. Do we have time for two more questions? I think so. Okay. Uh, we're, we're, it's a busy day for everybody. Yeah. Um, oh, which, but I've got three to choose from. So we'll start with this one. Um, for Reiner, do you have a favorite memory of a Game Informer fan interaction? And for Matt, and uh, taking over such a beloved run with Andrew, where do you see Game Informer in 10 years, 
20 years, 30 years. You kind of talked about your strategy for the future. Um, I think that's fair. First week on the job, where do you you see this in 30 years? So I'll give you a ton to ruminate on that while Reiner tells me if you can have one that comes to mind. We had a Game Informer fan meetup at, I think it was called GlitchCon here in Minnesota. Boy, time flies. It's, It's probably like eight years ago, nine years ago, something like that. But it was, you know, I was like, oh, there's like 15 fans here. I want to bring everybody to the office and just show them the vaults and, you know, give them the full Game Informer experience, not just meeting the editors at the show, but let's show them the office. Let's show them our digs. And I I think it ended up being like 60 or 70 people that we ended up bringing through the office at once. And it was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get in so much trouble. (laughs) (laughs) I hope nothing gets stolen or broken or whatever. But we had everybody in the conference room for a shot. And I think there was like Tim Turry and I can't remember who else it was at the time in that shot. But it was just such a wonderful moment of just celebrating games and why games are special and the work we do. You know, it just felt so good to be a part of that community. So that's that's my favorite. And then also the Overblood group on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, you know, over a decade of replay or Game Informer fandom or just game fandom and uh yeah i will continue to be a part of that once i'm at my new job i'm not leaving <laughs> awesome miller you don't get the fun question no get the... i get the like <laughs> let's plan for the future yeah no, in this all... essay <laughs> i uh i think that one of the things that i especially like about games and why as a career um it's been so enjoyable and i bet you about a lot of other people who work in games in any number of different uh, arenas would tell you the same thing is that this is a this is a field and a uh, um, an entertainment medium that is constantly changing uh, the things that are happening uh, now are very different from what's going to be happening five years ago and the experiences and the types of games that we have that are popular ten years ago you never would have guessed you know I would hope that Game Informer whether you're talking about 5, 10, 20 years down the road, that we, my, my chief goal would be that we would continue to adapt to that. Um, that we could maintain our identity and, uh, and do the things that we do while still being responsive to that constant change. Uh, Game Informer has been around for a long time. Uh, I think that a lot of our, our readers have come, readers and viewers have come in uh, somewhere along the way but there's other folks who have been with us since 1991 i mean it's a it's a long it's the year i was born it's a long legacy of, of <laughs> that's not fair Alex. <laughs> it's a long legacy of, of like uh, highlighting games and it's something i really take seriously that i i need to try to protect that legacy um and and maintain a focus on the things that we talked about earlier in this conversation um but simultaneously adapt to a, a constantly changing landscape of what games are. So that, that would be my, my on the t- highest level, my hope, is that 10 years from now, even though there might be very different things that we're covering, yeah. that we do that um, and that we do it well, but we don't lose touch with what makes GI a special place. Sure. Awesome. Well, uh, we need to get out of here in a minute. Uh, one last question for Reiner from former GI intern, Haley McLean, what game did he check out from the vault the most over the years? Why did I ever return it? Uh, <laughs> 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 that 
That's an interesting question. I'm guessing probably Wind Waker on GameCube before I owned it myself. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I played that. Even after review, I went back and played that again and again. And um, you know, that's not my favorite Zelda game. On any given day, it might be, but uh, I just love every Zelda game more than anything. And, and that's the series that kind of made me want to be a game writer. And uh, uh, yeah, it all started there. Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining me. Uh, I think this is a cool conversation. Thanks for, thanks for sending in all the questions on Twitter and Discord and all that. It's really cool to see the outpouring of support for both of you. So we just took a quick break. Uh, Matt had to go and do a new EIC things. Um, he did, yeah. He's got a meeting already. Yeah, yeah right. They waste no time. Um, but Reiner wanted to say a few things, or, or many things. He's got a list of people that he wants to kind of say I mean, something it's everybody. about. It's, everybody? It's everybody awesome. I worked with. So I just wanted to talk about... Yeah, I'm going to give you the floor. They're amazing. And I'll start with you, Alex. Oh, thank you. Uh, you are a visionary video editor. You've already made, you know, the, the second you started, you started to think about how you can improve what we do. Uh, you've seen it on YouTube, the thumbnails, the, the, the angles you bring to shots, the, the journalistic uh, approach you take to video is outstanding. And I can't wait to see thank what you. you do in the future. Matt, who just left, Matt Miller, one of the best journalists in the industry. Uh, he's a storyteller. He really brings you into worlds. He's phenomenal. Yeah. Marcus Stewart, who's who's a Game Informer editor, he is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he used to work at Hard Drive, I, I believe. That yeah, The Twitter account, they do those funny things. But he's just a ray of light in the office, and I, I love how he discovers new games. He takes chances playing games he's yeah, never he heard does. of. He's He'll a tastemaker, like, like through yeah, and through. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Uh, Blake Hester, um, it just a, a, a original, amazing, creative voice in the industry, and he's looking for the big stories, you know, like behind the scenes and and trying to find things that will interest people. And long form writing, he's keeping that alive and well. We don't have enough of that in the industry, and and that is Blake in a nutshell. Also, an amazing guitarist. Yeah, um, he's he's a wonderful person. Brian Shea, uh, All Things Nintendo, if you're not listening to that podcast. Definitely. is great. I'm on the last episode. But he's just a hard worker. He has a drive. And, um, you know, he whenever he takes on an assignment, he's like, one of the popular things he says in the office is, uh, oh, this one's going to be, I wrote a novel on this one. Kind of like that. Like, I wrote a, a cover story's worth of yeah. a content because he just gets so into it. Uh, Wesley LeBlanc, he is... I see him as like the next me. He just loves it. He, he's he's uh, just driven. He, he's a ray of light in that yeah, in office, is. and uh, yeah, he really gets it. And and I think yeah, he's he's going to be like he'll be around here for a long. I time. I think so. I hope he's yeah. there. The you know eclipses my three hundred thirty issue run challenge. Thrown <laughs> Wesley, let's see if he could do it. Thirty year challenge go. Uh, but there's a lot of people here. I'm going to go down the list. Yeah, you know. To, uh, the people still at Game Informer behind the scenes, Margaret Andrews, Rachel Lillet, John, Kristen, Sarah, um, Monica, Monica, other people, Jason from before, uh, Jeff Ackervick, Curtis Fung, uh, going way back, Tim, Jen, uh, Jason, Tom Bluston, Kathy Preston, all the interns, you're phenomenal. 
but I also want to just say some words about some of the other people that are still in the industry doing stuff that yeah. are just awesome. Uh, Kyle Hilliard over at GameSpot, uh, one of my dear friends. Our daughters play together all the time. They play Roblox like you wouldn't believe. So we're grooming them as the next generation <laughs> of Game Informer editors. But he's just an incredible writer and uh, in video talent. He's, yeah. he's wonderful on camera. Uh, Suriel Vasquez, he knows fighting games better than anyone. He should be like working at Capcom, running the fighting game portfolio, or <laughs> SNK. Like he should start his own fighting game consulting business. Yeah. He's awesome. Uh, Leanna Rupert over at uh, Bungie, now working on Destiny. One of the most talented writers I've ever worked with. Incredibly fast. I, I could yeah. not believe how fast she could write. And it's clean writing. Would wake up and just be... There would be like 10 stories, <laughs> but just a, a pure talent. And, I'm, you know, it was fun. It, it was short-lived that we had her yeah. here. It was like a year, roughly a year. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, her rocket ship was already on the way. <laughs> and a lot of, she wrote a lot about Destiny, and it was great to see her, like, move over into there and i just talked to her recently good she's doing phenomenal she wrote me an amazing letter liana you're incredible jv gwaltney over at electronic arts uh he writes short fiction novels he's yeah. incredible i uh, adore him and uh yeah and right he writes some games like he's he's incredible alex stadnik you might know him maybe he's over at uh bandai namco yep Working on videos, he just released a Elden Ring video, which is awesome. Yeah, and I was, I was like, like, "Wow!" I was like, "Dang, man, yeah. they just gave it to him." Yeah. So, uh, and then uh, Dan Tax over there as well. Yep. I recently talked to him. I talked to him last night. Yeah, and he's he's got his hands and everything over there. Yep. But that guy knew PC games better than anyone. He knew stream. He's still streaming. Watch yep. him. Uh, he's incredible. Uh, Elise Favis. Uh, Again, just a, a, an amazing storyteller in our in our industry. Uh, unfortunately, it was just laid off from Fanbyte. Yes. Um, if you're looking for one of the best writers out there, Elise is one of them. She's just a wonderful spirit too. Uh, Kimberly Wallace. Mm. Uh, she's over at um, Aim Assist. Yep. And knows JRPGs inside and out. I have had some huge laughs with her over the years, and just some wonderful moments. Uh, shooting videos and yeah. talking about games. Oh, she was also great at like should her and the people she would interview. She would, could just get them to open up yeah. in ways that other people just couldn't. Yeah, and I'm sorry. I have a huge list. Of yeah, you're fine. Here, but we're we're about halfway through it. So That's just fine. Bear no with rush. us here. Uh, Wade Wojcik, who kind of did your role. I've never him. met him. I think Blake said we spotted him at at Spy House one day, the coffee shop. But he was like coming in or out and he was like, is that Wade Woshik? And I was like, I don't know him. <laughs> you have to tell me. So he's, he's just like always brought a smile to work, was upbeat, incredible with video, doing like funny little things during replay, like animations and stuff like that. Also, would just break into songs sometimes. <laughs> uh, he, uh, I miss that guy. He's amazing. Same with Leo Vader. Yeah. A comedic talent and a half. He's over at MinMax and uh, doing his own videos. Some hitting like a million on his own personal yeah. channel. channel. Uh, he brought a lot to replay. You know, he, he tolerated some of my dumb ideas <laughs> <laughs> throughout the years. But uh, yeah, Leo's incredible. Matt Burtz. Uh, he was uh, kind of my right hand for the longest time when I was executive editor. He and I were kind of running the the day-to-day -day business with with the staff and 
he gets way in the weeds on, on games like I've never seen. He knows how to break them down better than anyone. Uh, Matthew Cotto, he's over at Amos as well, knows sports games better than anyone. And uh, um, I learned a lot from him in that capacity. Uh, Jeff Marchiafava. Oh, yeah. He's, he's a little firecracker of <laughs> uh, game personality. Always made me laugh in the office and still at MinMax, yep. you know, doing great work on the podcast there and all that. Um, Jeff Cork. Remember when I said I was about halfway? I think I'm about halfway right That's now. fine. Uh, Jeff Cork is still a dear friend of mine, the greatest beard in the game industry. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely hilarious. For, yeah. And just a, a dry wit, and, but a huge heart on that guy. Uh, you know, he's, he had my back and just helped me through some dark times. And, yeah, he's fantastic. Um, <laughs> Dan Reichert, who I took a chance on hiring. <laughs> the first time I met Dan, he was wearing, I kid you not, he came to the Game Informer office to do some kind of video he wanted to do for, I think it was GameStop or maybe it was Funkoland. I can't remember what it was. But he's wearing a full shark suit, like, like a, a mascot at a stadium. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I think it was like a year or two later, he you know, put in an application. And I, I was the one that was like, let's bring him in. It was him, Tim Turry. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I'll just say is also incredible. He went on to work at Capcom. He was in the Resident Evil. Uh, so it was neat seeing him go over there. Now he's at Sony. He's just uh, a wonderful spirit as well. I think that's a big part of Game Informers. We just hire really good people. nice people or, or, you know, maybe they're not nice and then we make them nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. But, um, but yeah, Dan Record, I took a chance on him. Now he's over at Giant Bomb. He was doing his own thing, but now he's running the show now that Jeff Gertzman is doing his own thing and um, just an incredible success story there. Same with uh, Jason Guiseau. Yeah. Uh, he is over at Bungie. He's, he's writing game content. Yeah, franchise editor now. Like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> just awesome. Uh, ben Hansen, what can you really say there? He's... Uh, Started MinMax, the yeah. founder of MinMax, one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. Uh, one of the best laughs in games, just that high pitched, <laughs> like he, but he, he just lights up a room, you know, when you're in there and, and there's an, an, an energy. Yeah. And an excitement and, and he just knows what he's doing and uh, loves it. Yeah. Know, he really loves it. And that shows in everything he does. And he wants to tell other, other people's stories. Uh, can't say enough great things about him. Ben Reeves, when I first, when we hired him, he came off from Marvel. He was an intern at Marvel. Yeah. And now he's back working on Marvel games at Paraxis. Full circle. Uh, you know, hopefully being able to, you know, write character dialogue and all that. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Ben over there. He's, he's a funny guy. Um, funny story. We were trying to come up with a new name for Game Informer at one point for like the website. Yeah when we were remaking it and he suggested something along the lines of banana hammock. Oh my God. But it was like after like five hours of a meeting, and yeah. it just made everybody like crack up and it like brought, yeah. it brought, it, it brought everybody back down to like, okay, we could focus on this again. Uh, Jill Grote, another yeah. fantastic writer uh, yeah. that started out as a game informer intern. I miss you, Jill. Uh, yeah, me too. Just a phenomenal writer, Editor as well. Blake Hester as well. An yeah. Incredible editor. Something you don't know behind the scenes. Making my work a lot better. Um, and everybody at Game Informers work better. Um, 
Brian Vore, who recently just wrote another review for Game Informer, a freelance review, as Matt was talking about, yeah. bringing in, in new, new voices. Well, we also can bring in old voices. Yeah. And uh, he went on to work at 2K and the WWE games. And uh, one of the great things about Brian is when he plays games, he's very vocal by himself. So, really? and, and he says the most hilarious things. So like Joe Juba uh, would be writing down like what Brian was saying. And every once in a while we'd release a list of like, here's what Brian said playing, you know, this Kirby game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just a fun personality. Uh, uh, just, uh, yeah, another wonderful person. Um, boy, uh, Annette Gonzalez, you know, she was hired in that, that Dan Riker class. Yeah. Uh, she again, had Xbox now? She, I think so. She was at Harmonix, and then I think she went to Sony, and I think she might be at Xbox. Uh, but, I mean, that just shows, you know, just how uh, incredible of a talent she is. Yeah. You know, our, our, my time with her was short, but, it, you know, I was like, wow. She, she gets games. She sees unique angles into them. Uh, I talked about Tim Turry a little bit. Uh, I think I already gave him props, but uh, just one of the nicest dudes in the world. Matt Helgeson, who started the Game Informer show. Wow. I've uh, never met him. He, uh, he has the best voice in video games. I will yeah. continue to say that. I know I'm giving everybody at Game Informer the best regards because it's okay. yeah, yeah. they all deserve it. Yeah. He's, he's uh, one, of, uh, one of my favorite people. I play board games with him still. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, we had so many people that were hilarious there. Um, Imran Khan, who is hilarious on Twitter. Yeah. Unfortunately, he was just laid off from fan as well. Oh. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he deserves work right away. Yeah. Uh, kind of funny. You just bought that new office. Bring in Imran yeah. full time. He's, he's incredible. And um, Joe Juba, I think I talked about him. Briefly in passing. <laughs> okay. Joe Juba, <laughs> uh, you know, a funny story about that is my first job ever was at Juba's Super Value in Shakopee, Minnesota. What? So when Joe Juba applied, Matt Helgeson and I were looking at applications, or Andy said, what do you think about this guy? And Matt worked or lived in Blue Earth, Minnesota, where there was a Juba Super Value. It turns out there was like two Juba Super Values oh, run by the Juba clan. Uh, and, and so we asked Joe, the first question was like, do you know guys that run like dick juba from juba super valley and he's like yeah that's my uncle and we were like <laughs> but we brought him in and it turns out he was like best buds with matt miller oh wow yeah so it's like this minnesota there's only like 10 people that live yeah, there apparently yeah. um billy burkhammer who ran game informer's website for the longest time he's wow. over at nintendo now oh awesome uh killing it over there from what i hear uh really hard worker uh, I hope I'm not missing anybody here. Um, Andy McNamara, I, I, yeah. I, you know, I worked with him. We were the two Andys for decades. And just so you know, behind the scenes, like Andy and I never raised our voices at each other. You know, we had disagreements on stuff. We didn't really argue. We just we worked really well together. And uh, I think that's kind of what Game Informer has been for the longest time is just very friendly, open communications. Yeah. Everybody working really well together. And uh, um, yeah, I'm going to miss that. I hope, I hope I can be infectious that way at my new career and, or hopefully it's that way too. Maybe that's where it is, how it is everywhere. But uh, when you have good bosses and stuff like yeah. that, we'll see. But also real quick, David Vinian, Ross Vandershagen, Rick Petzolt, uh, Kim Beneke, Rob Borm, uh, 
Adam Biesener, Lisa Mason, Christian Proger, Justin Leeper, uh, who did mocap for uh, Death Stranding. He was like oh, wow. Guillermo del Toro. And he, I think he was the baby. Oh, wow. I think he did oh, the mocap God. for the baby. <laughs> uh, I think he's working on games. Jeremy Zoss, uh, Nick Ahrens. The list, there's probably people I'm missing, but thank you, thank you, thank you for making these 28 years so rewarding. And uh, yeah, what a great group of people. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, no, I'm, I have I'm, to say goodbye. It, yeah. was, it was very heartwarming to see. I think a lot of listeners also enjoyed, especially ones that have been around. You, you could have played the Oscar music and had me pull yeah. up about halfway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, I mean, that just shows like all the amazing people that are still in the industry. I'm right now looking just to make sure I'm not missing anyone. Uh, Jay Fitzloff, I did miss him. Uh, it's it's just incredible what we've done here yeah. with talent and uh, yeah I hope that continues and and I know it will like yeah it's, definitely it's just keep keep kicking ass is yeah. what I told Matt and and to you too just keep doing you know doing it right like like Game Informer does awesome well it's been a pleasure to have you as my boss best boss I've ever had <laughs> oh thank you um, yeah definitely gonna miss you you're not going anywhere in terms of locally no I'll be in Minnesota yeah, yeah. so. Yep. I'll have to come down to your my kitchen. We can yeah, your exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, well, hey, everybody out there, thanks for listening. Uh, next week we'll return to our normal programming. You know, talking about the latest in games. But I mean, this is huge news um, for I think in, this week was a lot of big industry news, but also big like the the media industry news yeah. and good and bad you know so it's just uh, if you're somebody who was affected by the layoffs at g4 fanbite future i mean man um i am very sorry for you you deserve better and i hope you land on your feet if there's anything we can do to help you out you know recommendations uh you know point of contact whatever you know uh, I, I know I can speak for myself. I'm happy to help. Yeah, um, and I'll, I'll build on that. You know, we're hiring one full-time editor and then one part-time. Yeah. Uh, you know, the part-time is is limited, but, yeah. um, you know, it's it's game work and it's, you know, so definitely look for those. Um, yeah, and if you have any excited. questions, yeah, email us, reach out on Twitter, whatever. Call me. I don't, I don't know how you get my number, but, um, yeah, the point being, we are here to support you and, uh, definitely uh, can commiserate um, on on certain things like that. But um, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, of course, go and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Show the share the show with a friend if you want, uh, and we'll see you next week. Reiner, congrats on nearly thirty years. <laughs> thank congrats you. on what's next. Uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it has. And uh, like you said, you know, don't be a stranger. And uh, absolutely, let's do this again. Awesome. All right, bye. Yeah.